0: First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or a 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com.
1: 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springsteen of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co host Ed Martin, I urge you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks.
0: Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email MyViewMatters at AOL.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs.
1: Gentlemen, yes, welcome once again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MBM Radio Network, home of EdSpringston.com. You can go for the latest stories, podcasts, whatever we've got going. While you're at EdSpringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or monthly basis, your choice. Secondly, please join the RSS feed and we'll make sure that we send you updates of the podcast as well. And finally, donate, donate, donate. Yes, there is a handy-dandy PayPal link there. Yes, we do accept donations. Yes, we rely on you instead of corporate sponsorships to kind of keep this whole thing rolling. So if you can help us out, please do. In the meantime, call in number is always 858-683-1326. You can also join us in the live chat, which is now open, or you can Facebook me, at Ed Springsteen. For those of you in the listening queue, please hit the number one on your dial pad, and we'll try to get you on air as soon as possible. Welcome to a new week. Uh, the same old thing, though, apparently, but we'll just start it, as always, with Mr. Ed Martin. How are you, sir? Yeah.
0: All right, sir. Hey, I'm actually loving this weather right now. I just—I I had to laugh because you know, it was dining not too long ago. I said, boy, you know, this the same way you've got if you don't like the weather in Kentucky. Stick around a few hours, it'll change. Well, Oh, the running yeah. joke now is the running joke now is is like the weather went from ninety to fifty five as if they rolled up on a state trooper. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. <laughs> that is yeah. the latest one I tell you, and it's true. I mean, you know, Friday a week and a half ago we were at ninety two, had a heat index of ninety seven, and it dropped like crazy. This past Friday we had a high of fifty five, and it's basically been somewhere around there ever since. I uh, I personally like the cooler weather. I do not like the heat. I just can't stand the heat. I spent years working in that crap, and I've been thankful to be out of it. So I know you still do, and uh, that's getting rough. Gets, uh, gets rough on us as we get older. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm like you. I enjoy it now. I enjoy this. Yeah, of course. I, you know. uh, now I'm looking
0: and thinking, oh great. Now I'm, I'm playing the game that a lot of people are playing. It's like, well. Let's see how long we can go without actually turning the heater on, so <laughs> well, going i've got to, to admit it.
1: I have to admit I broke down and turned mine on for a little bit uh Friday night oh, you and, uh, you yeah, wait. well, there was a reason for it man uh honestly, I decided I was going to drive my truck friday night right i've got i I've got an old ninety eight f one fifty work truck, and uh I like to drive it every now and then. So, you know, I, I basically I, I was driving it as my primary vehicle for a long time. You see it, my white one. And uh, anyway, yeah. so I like to drive it. It's got a new engine, tranny, all that good stuff in it. So Friday night, I decided I was going to drive it, running around and doing what I do. And uh, anyway, man, about I don't know seven, or eight o'clock Friday night. I like to drive with my driver's window halfway down. I don't care if it's summer or winter. I always drive with it halfway down. But it got really, really chilly. As you know, Friday night I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll just turn the heat on for a minute. The truck kind of take the chill off. Lo and behold, my truck wasn't blowing out hot air, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So anyway, so when I got home Friday night, I was running around all night with nowhere to be for heat. I was a little bit cold, so I did turn it on for about an hour, kind of take the mm-hmm. chill off. I got to admit that. So that was why. I agree. Hey, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to trying to state my case and reasons why. Uh, you know, so it is. But I tell you, some place they wish the heat wasn't on. Uh, and right now, that's at the University of Louisville. What in the hell is going on with these guys? I mean, Kentucky had a bye week actually moved up in the rankings, okay? Uh, yeah. But, but but what in the hell is going on with these guys? I don't
0: know. It's the same thing. I, I keep saying... I'm not going to watch but it's it's like a train wreck, you know and i i have to be honest I was at work i, I came home and i'm turning on the t v and it 's like oh damn they're they're giving it a you know it, it, people are saying well they they just they had a great second quarter they're making it well, they're passing them on. i thought oh well hell let's watch this, and then of course, after the second quarter, it all went downhill but it's uh i think it's just the same thing they're not playing with with any intensity it's like a yeah, you know, a couple guys are giving it their all. It seems like, and and then, you know, the the offensive and defensive lines. You can't win without them. I don't know. They just there's just lack of intensity. There's, there's there's lack of urgency. It's almost like they're yeah. You, know, you you hate to say it, but you know they're already they're not going to a bowl game. I mean, my God, they got to go up against UK and and Clemson and. <laughs> and she I don't care if
1: they. I don't care if they and, won out. They wouldn't know, deserve a bowl.
0: No, they probably. And I think it's almost like they've just given up. And, it, and that's a, you know that that's not only the coach's fault, but that speaks to some some lack of character on the the players' fault, which is you know that's poor recruiting. You want to recruit players that that simply won't quit and they'll fight all the way through. And it just I don't know. It just you just watch them play, and it's like they. Give up, you know they they had that game where they needed to be. They were they were rolling in that second quarter, and then they just quit. I, it's just it's it's terrible. It's heartbreaking to watch. But yeah, you know, what do you do? <laughs> do you, you know, it's not me. And, you know, and the thing that I well, can't tell get, you. having having coach contact sports. You know, somebody's somebody's dragging ass. Somebody's not giving you the intensity. To, for better or worse, <laughs> you know. The coach's got to yank them, and they just don't. They don't, you know, these, these guys, there'd be something like, all oh, right, they they just seem like the same guys, keeps the same lines, the defensive and offensive, or you know, they keep having replaced. And the question I would ask is, it's like, well, if you, you know, if the offensive and defensive lines and, and running backs and all that, if they're all, if they don't feel there's any threat that they're going to get yanked and replaced by the second stringer or the third stringer, why try, you know, why, why put the, why put that extra effort out? If you know, there ain't no way in hell a coach is going to pull you off the field. Nobody's threatening to take your job. So you just don't, it seems like they just don't care. That, that's my assessment, but I
1: think there's yeah, some truth in that. Totally I'm
0: not, I'm not, I'm not getting paid millions. Eh. I've never been a football coach. <laughs> I, you know, I could be wrong, but it just, it just seems uh, you know, it just seems it seems
1: flat. Well, it seems, uninspired. It seems to me, It seems to me that, that I'm, I'm continuing to be proven right yet again on Bobby Petrino. I think he's intentionally sabotaging this, the game this year. I think he wants out. I think he wants a buyout. Now, Louisville actually went public last week and said they did not have the money to buy Bobby Petrino out. Um, yeah. And if you look at the decision-making by Bobby Petrino in this Boston College game, it was the same old bullshit. I mean, as it's been all year, which is completely out of character for him. The Boston College went up 14-0 in less than five minutes in the game. In the very first quarter, less than five minutes in, they took a two-touchdown lead. Now, the Cards did have a reasonable second quarter, and there's no doubt about that. But that second quarter was basically an average quarter for, for, for a, a college football team. Boston College wasn't doing anything spectacular all night. But the big critical thing to me was here. The one thing that I've been giving Bobby Petrino's team credit for was the defense all year. That the defense was at least trying. They were just having to spend way too much time on the field, and that was proven wrong as well. I don't even Boston College. I'm
0: not even going to give. I'm not even (laughs) going to give them that much credit Boston (laughs) College. No, really, Boston College did what they did with two reserve running backs. Oh, absolutely.
1: Beast. Big boy's beast. out. I think his
0: last name is Dylan. Mm-hmm. He's out for a few games. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't in there, and he demolished them last year. And <laughs> like, yeah, well, the defense did a pretty good job against Boston College with their running game. And Absolutely. Boston College didn't have their running game. Had had the uh, had the stud in there. You know, the I think mean, his name is Dylan. Had he been there, it could have mm-hmm. just got ugly. Because
1: he's he and, and they and still trash Oh, absolutely, yeah. and, and, they, and they still had their way with him, and that's the problem. That's the problem, and when you look at Bobby Petrino, you look at the quarterback situation and everything else. Juwan Pass still, again, this, this kid has no NFL future. He has zero chance of getting into the NFL, and, and I firmly believe that. And I hate to say that about the kid because he seems to be like a class young man, but his decision-making stinks. Once again, he's taking sacks and everything else. Bobby Petrino is screaming on the sidelines, why aren't you getting rid of the ball? He's been screaming it at him all year. He won't do it. You know, um, now his offensive line is letting him down. I get all of that. But Jawan Pass is not a a first-string quarterback. He should not be in that position. And he bypassed Malik Cunningham, the second-string quarterback, again, to put in his freshman, who was cold. And he goes ahead and throws three incomplete passes and out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So all these things add up to poor coaching to me, and, and that's exactly where it yeah. starts to oh, stop.
0: Absolutely. And, and I've made, you know, Petrino knows more about football than I'll, you know, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. But in fact, you know, and I've made a joke about it. Everything, oh, Bobby, Petrino's a, a genius and all this. And I'm looking at it thinking, no, no, I think he, he had, he had Lamar Jackson and he didn't really have to put that much together because most of your yardage and most of your your, your offensive right. threat came from him scrambling. It, it almost seems like Bobby Petrino is, is the only changing he's doing, he's not changing his line out, he's not changing his 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 backs out. He's changing his quarterbacks out. He's looking he's he's just hoping, I'm guessing, oh maybe another Lamar will show up. You know, maybe we put the <laughs> Cunningham kid in and all of a sudden he'll 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 do Lamar things and and maybe Pass will do Lamar things. because it, it seems like it's all Petrino's got is let's do Let's let's find somebody to do Lamar things. And I think I think I think that's a very. That's think that's a fitting Lamar's observation. Yeah. Sure.
1: I think it's a fitting observation. I think Petrino just got lazy over the last couple of years with Lamar myself. you know. But he wants out because he he wants to play for Jurich. Jurich is gone. He doesn't like Vince Tyra, but Louisville doesn't have the money to buy him out. So the best he can hope for is that he gets fired for performance. And they've got enough they can fire him on without costing them a lot of money trust me there's always something in Bobby Petrino's uh outside well, of life if, to, uh, if a morals he clause you out, problem if he
0: want, if he really if he really wants out he can wave a few he can waive some of that buyout clause if he wants I mean, sure players can, can they can tie, tie things up and they can untie things so if he's sure if Absolutely. he's amic, if he's amicable to uh, saying hey look I want to be gone and you also just can't afford it you can say Cut the price in half. Get me the hell out of here. But I'll be honest. Absolutely. I don't think he wants. To, I don't think he wants to be going because right now the product he's delivering, who wants him?
1: Well, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. That is, that is a problem. But I, but I think ultimately he's he's creating enough problems for himself. And uh, I do think his heart just isn't in it because of the situation at UofL. And, you know, for whatever reason, I think he is doing the damn thing. He knows he's going to be gone. He wants to be gone so he can move on somewhere else. The thing is, whoever picks him up next will pick him up dirt cheap if they base everything on this season. Uh, You know, but moving on, though, Kentucky, on the other hand, had a bye week this week. They actually moved up (laughs) in the rankings, and that's literally because seven of the top 25 just got beat. Georgia, West Virginia, Washington, Penn State, Wisconsin, Miami, Colorado. All these people got beat, uh, you know, so Kentucky moves up to number seventeen in USA and to number fourteen in the AP and they didn't have didn't even take a snap. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they respond. It's gonna be interesting to see how they respond against Vanderbilt um this weekend. They'll play Vandy on Saturday and I'm really curious to see what happens there. Uh, you know, I, in Georgia, I, Florida have one coming I, on October twenty you know, seventh, so
0: Yeah I I think U of L's in a lot of trouble, but I think UK is gonna stomp a hole in Vanderbilt. I really do. They're gonna Oh, they've, right. had a week off. They've, they've had a week off since they lost at Texas A&M, one of the hardest places to play in a, in a tough game. So oh, I, I think the Cats are going to be mad. As the thing goes, they're going to be mad at the wet Cats, man. They're, I think they're going to tear a hole through I, Vanderbilt. I think it's going to be
1: ugly. I, I actually think you're right. It, um, it's going to be really interesting to see that. I, I hope that they take Vanderbilt out really easily and very handily. Um, I don't think UofL is going to give him any problem whatsoever. UofL is not going to be able to stop Benny Snell. There's just no way. He owns them. Um, there, there's nobody on, on, on L's roster that's going to be able to compare. If you don't have 200 rushing yards that game, he plays of I'll be surprised. So Kentucky should be in great shape to be playing for a conference championship if they keep playing the way they have been playing uh, for the rest of the year. And we'll see how that goes. I think they've got... Uh, what four games left? Something like that. Three, four yeah. games left. So anyway,
0: oh, yeah, only about, only about <laughs> we'll games. see. One of them is Georgia, so
1: you know that, that could be tough. But
0: but they'll be, you know, it's kind of interesting that when Kentucky means absolutely Georgia, they will be playing. Well, Georgia will be, be the game the, Yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be playing for the uh, for the Eastern Eastern Division of the SEC. So that that's really absolutely. Tough, but, you know,
1: Absolutely. They've got Bandy, Missouri, Tennessee, Louisville, and Georgia. Bandy, Missouri, and Tennessee should all be wins. Um they should be. You never never say they are, but they should be. And Georgia should be really the toughest test they got the rest of the year. And we'll find out. Um, you know, so that's our Monday sports update, folks. You know we had to talk about UGA, UFL during football season. Um but but I tell you we've got a lot of other things going on. Just to kind of bring us back to the to the to the political show. Um, you know, I find it very funny that once again uh Matt Bevan is coming underneath all kinds of heat about this value of his house, and now and now he is being accused he is being accused of of some sort of setup because he is asked a state panel to hear his appeal over the value of his mansion for tax purposes. Uh, now the Courier Journal, everybody else is sitting here saying it it's a stacked deck, it's a ringer because Matt Bevin appoints the three members to this state panel. Therefore he's got a stacked deck to work with. Um where was the courier journal and everybody else claiming this shit when every Democrat for the last ninety years has been in the governor's mansion? that has all of these same appointments to stack the deck in every damn situation they can including the U board that was an actually illegal board um, where, where where are they at when I saw this why is it just a stacked deck when Matt bevan goes to a board to, from a panel that he has appointed just as every governor has has appointed every panel for for their administration as well why is what is the difference here where is why is there hypocrisy well the
0: difference is is because the uh The Courier General actually looked into the value of the house, you know, (laughs) and this is, this is one of their, this is one of their big stories, you know, they, not like to, they can look at the Lindauer stuff and, and the undervalued houses, you know, the amazing, the amazing shrinking value of houses of certain key Democrats and stuff, but, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just a story, you know, he, he, and, and they're, and they're probably a little upset that the first go around, he, he, uh, his side of the story was upheld. Now, you know, I'll be honest. I don't appraise houses, but it does seem kind of a yeah, for whatever reason when houses are sold for under appraisal then you have a reappraise. I don't know. Just seems seems a little. You know, it, it doesn't seem completely kosher to me. I like Bevan, but doesn't seem completely on the up and up. And to be honest, I'm <laughs> looking at a house like that and. And you know what Bevan's worth at some point, you know, it's like they raise the value of my house and your house. I'm just like, Oh to hell with it you know, whatever. It's just I'll I'll pay the taxes if it's not like ridiculous and so you know, they're just but the what the courier is trying to make it sound like it was the old sweetheart deal and people get appointed for you know, that are working with it. Now, granted, as they say it does it pass a smell test not exactly, you know. You you buying a house from somebody that you're pointing to, to some finance position with the state. You know, he's like, okay, I don't know, but you know, that that, that just it has bad optics to it. Not saying it's corrupt, but but it just it's just uh, because of that. It's a story that got legs. it has legs. And I say, as far as a courier claiming that it's a stacked deck. Like I say, this is this is their story. This is their this is, you know, they want to they want to play the gotcha game, but they don't want to they don't want to look at Lindauer and some of his under undervalued appraisals
1: and things like that. Well, I mean that's exactly it. That's exactly it. They don't want to do they don't want to do due diligence and hold other people accountable. We've done stories um, at inspiration dot com. We've done stories showing the disparity and the favoritism by Tony Lindauer for those such as Mayor Greg Fisher and others who have had their daggone properties assessed at a lower value after. We're not talking about when they bought it. We're talking about years after they bought it. These things get reassessed at a lower value. All right? And, and all these different things. Anybody who's connected through the Democratic Party politically, little Andy Bashir knows these things. All right? all right? All of their property values are getting devalued for assessment purposes. They're all getting kickbacks that way. That's the way it works. So Matt Bevin, who actually has legitimate gripe here, he has went to the appeals board and everything else. This is a separate panel than the appeals board, and the appeals boards have upheld him. Those boards have Democrats on them, right? And they have upheld his. And they have upheld him. This is nothing more than a dang-on Salem witch trial, in my opinion. They're they're building this case of some sort of a stacked deck that is non-existent to cover their own ass, nobody looks too close at what they've been doing and what they've been hiding. And that's the problem for me. I don't mind if Matt Bevin is held accountable at all. You know me. I don't, even, I don't even care for Matt Bevin. I really don't. I think he's a one-of-man, mm-hmm. but I think, he, I, think he's doing a real, I think he's doing a pretty good job for Kentucky, which totally surprised me, and I've talked about that. But I'm not a fan of Matt Bevin as a person, all right? So I really don't care if he gets nailed for doing something wrong. It doesn't bother me in the least. But the fact that they're continuing to build this up like there's some kind of a, a problem here, and here's where the real problem is. They continue doing these things, and then they try to say that John May did a favor for Matt Bevan. and that's garbage because Colleen Younger is the one taking over for Tony Lindau and her job is to protect the Democrats who have been getting protected through the PVA office. That's the truth of it. She's corrupt as hell, in my opinion. That's just the way it is. You know, and it's gotten so disgusting. Colleen Younger and the Democrats have gotten so disgusting. They have now went after John May's wife, Shelly May. Now, a lot of people in this, in this community know who Shelly May is. She was a charge of the Jefferson County GOP for, for a year or two there. She's very active in the Republican Party. But she's also a nurse. She also has a special needs child. All right, and has this, yep. this 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 boy is 22 years old. It's a 24-hour a day, seven-day a week process. So she gets appointed to a health board by Governor Matt Bevin, and Colleen Younger is out there saying it was political favoritism. There is nobody in this state, in my honest opinion, who is more qualified for that position than Shelley May. So now Colleen yep. Younger is attacking the mother who is a medical professional with 22 years of experience dealing with special needs children, including our own, is attacking her for some sort of political patronage. There's not one person in the state who has that pedigree that deserves that job. And Shelley May took it, and rightfully so. So how do these Democrats and Colleen Younger sit here and continue playing these games because they want to protect a couple of bucks for their Democratic cohorts and trying to destroy the entire May family over something that they've done wrong. It's a stacked deck. It's political patronage. This yeah. family has done everything. It's incredible. It's one of the best families I've ever uh, known in my life.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, is, is the odd thing is, is, is you and I both know Shelly May, and I've had conversations with her before, to the effect of, you know, she totally gets it with her special needs kid. She totally gets that that the state you know, people need help from the state in these situations. She totally gets that. So she's not one of these Republicans that's like, you know, you know, to each their own, and uh, you know, good luck and let the free market handle. It. She's not one of those Republicans. She's she's a very compassionate and, and empathetic person, as you said. She's, you know, she she loves it, and yeah, of all people that the that you would think that the Democrats are being, you know, quote-unquote, the compassionate liberals and stuff, would want to see get an appointment, it would be Shelley May because she, she like I say, she's totally sympathetic and totally empathetic with, with people who need government assistance for things like special needs and, and, and disabilities and stuff. She gets it, and you want her, you know, if, if you're in favor of government helping people out, you want her in that position.
1: That's exactly it, and, that, and that's the problem. That, this is how desperate they are for Colleen Younger to protect the status quo, that they're going to attack a professional, a medical professional who is a mom and has been working with special needs kids, including her own child, for 22 years. Colleen Younger couldn't spend an hour taking care of Shelly May's child, and she's out there attacking her because her husband is running for office. You know, when I first met Shelly May, i got to be honest with you, You know, I called Shelly May out quite a few years ago. I didn't think she was doing the right thing by the Jefferson County GOP. And I called her out publicly. Did a story, did a radio, did everything. Just like I want to do, right? I do that a lot. Yeah. And it was amazing because it also happened to be an election year when this was going on that I didn't think Jefferson County GOP was giving enough attention to Republican candidates. And I called her out for it. She was in charge at the time. You know, And I went to a political event, and she just showed up out of the blue. She saw me. She recognized me. We'd never met in our life, but she recognized me and walked right up to me. And she goes, I understand you have a problem with me. Let's talk about it. And I told her what my problem was. Very forceful. You know me. I'm, I'm very blind. I don't play no games in that atmosphere. you know. And then she sat there, and she talked to me. She goes, okay, now here's what's going on. And in that split second, when she came up to me and stood up to me eye to eye, not because she was a woman, not because she was anything, she came to me eye to eye, equal to equal, and said, okay, here's the deal. Not pissed off, not angry. She laid it out. And you know what? In that moment, I earned more respect for Shelley May than you could possibly imagine and from that moment forward, I started talking to Shelly may when there was a problem I would call Shelly may I would get the whole picture I, I, I used to go off a little half cock ten years ago. I've learned a lot since then but you know and, and and the thing is and the thing is then you learn about her family I've met her husband you know I know about her 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 child twenty two years old special needs I've got a special needs guy son you know you guys have heard me cry on air about him before. So I understand how traumatic and how hard it can be to take care of special needs kids. And the fact that she can do it all as a nurse and a professional and, and was able to do everything she's able to do is just phenomenal to me. It's just incredible. She is an incredible person, and her husband, John May, is one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. So when I find out that Colleen Younger is doing this to try to protect the Democrat status quo, and now the Courier-Journal is running these idiotic articles again, wow. trying to pretend like Matt Bevin is doing something different, all because they're trying to protect the Democrat PVA, that's disturbing to me. That's why it's important to get out and go vote next month. Get rid of these scumbags. Go ahead vote red. Put some people in office that can actually do the job the right way, because this is the yeah, kind of well, stuff. Vote, you
0: know, vote for who you want, but John May, I'm definitely voting for John May. Just
1: they say it's time to,
0: even if I didn't know the character of the family I would vote for John May just to mix it up. It's like, oh no, 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 no. No, we can't we we can't just hand the baton off again and and right. let everybody you know, let the Democrats stay on the inside lane with this. No, it's it's time to mix it up. You know, I look at uh, I look at things like Mike Mike Harmon running the uh, state auditor's office. <laughs> Thank God, you know, because I look at some of the people who ran at the Democrats, they didn't do anything. This, this You know, you bring a Republican right. in, he, he doesn't give a damn about your status quo, your, you know, your good buddies, your, you know, your, your projects that are just you're pouring money into and all your cronies are getting paid for. He's come in and he's right. really been a hell of a state honor. So, you know, along those lines, yes, I think John May, I'm going to vote for him. God, I hope he wins because I'm, I have no doubt in my mind he is he's going to step in and I mean he's already made issues on, uh, on on another radio show about you know talking about the school tax and stuff and how how Churchill Downs although they don't have the ground underneath it they make they make whatever two hundred million dollars worth of uh, improvements on the land yet their assessment doesn't go up on their capital improvements you know it's like. So what's up with that? So, you know, the minute he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff right there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and that's the thing, because John May knows these things. John May is more qualified than Tony Lindauer, Colleen Younger put together. I mean, this guy has been PVA. He's worked at the state level. He's worked at the local level. He's done everything. There's nobody that knows the, the way the property assessments work better than John May in his community. That's the truth of it. He is the more highly qualified and more experienced person. Not because he's a Republican, folks, seriously. I mean, I've actually sided with Democrats, and you guys know that. I actually sided with Jessica Green just a couple of weeks ago. You know, so, I mean, that's the way it is. But, you know, the fact that these guys are, are sitting here taking on Matt Bevin, and Colleen Younger is attacking the, the family personally, not John May, her opponent. She's attacking John May's wife and his family, and a special needs kid, and a medical job that she has in the, the Bevan administration. That's disturbing. That's disturbing. That makes it personal. This isn't a political race. This yeah. is a personal vendetta of some sort. And I don't like that, ever. I really, really don't. You know, so this, this is why I'm spending so much time on this, because it just really pissed me off when I saw that over the weekend. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Of all people you want to play games with, somebody with the credentials and the credibility – of uh, Shelley May, and you want to attack her and her child, uh, that was just disturbing. It's a new low even for the Democratic Party, to attack a special needs kid and his mama. I mean, it would be one thing if she was a high school dropout and smoked crack 10 years ago when she got this great appointment. That's just not the truth. So it just really pissed me off, and I wanted to spend some time on it. Uh, we've got other things going on, though. I mean, really, truly, we've got all these this election stuff going on. Um, You know, everything's happening. The mayor's race is heating up. As we know, there's another debate scheduled uh, tomorrow night, I believe it is. Uh, There's actually two debates scheduled tomorrow night for the mayor's race. Angela Leet and and Greg Fisher will square off at 7 o'clock on a one-hour live television debate. And then you've got four of the five independents who will have a a live debate. online debate at 8 o'clock for the League of Women Voters. Now, the independents are getting pissed off and angry because they aren't allowed on the main stage with Greg Fischer and Angela Lee. Um, This is going to really piss some people off when I say this, but it's the truth. It reminds me a lot of the Republican nomination for president. You had two separate debates because not everybody could be on a same stage in a limited amount of time. That was just the way it was. Now, what they did for that one in particular was that they went ahead and took polling results, and whoever had the the biggest polling results got on the main stage, the rest got to the second stage. To me, that's what I'm kind of equating this mayoral uh, debate to. There's just too many people to put on stage for an hour, hour and a half format. Um, And typically, you're going to find a lot of these independents – uh, Jackie Green is a great example, uh, is not a very good speaker, not very coherent. Uh, but it's not somebody that I would want to listen to for an hour in a debate. I have listened to Jackie Green in debates. And these other people they've got on the independent ticket are people that just stole their name on there. They, they really don't bring anything to the table. You've got to have some substance. you know. Now, the reason that's going to piss some people off is 2006 when I ran for mayor, I was the only independent that was ever allowed in these televised debates. I was actually not included in five out of the seven debates, but I was allowed to be included in the two televised debates, and as an independent, I'm supposed to stand up for all of these guys, and I do, but to me, they are getting equal time. Even though they're not debating Greg Fisher, your job as a candidate is to sell your platform, so you are getting a live debate in front of a live audience. Today, live streaming is, is basically the same thing as TV anymore. Um, I mean, it's that easy to do. So you are getting your time at the sign. Am I wrong in thinking that they might be just overplaying their hand a little bit with that?
0: No, I, I think it's right. I mean, in a debate, you've probably got 10 or 12 issues you need to address. And if you've got nine people up there and they all get their, their couple of minutes, you need to get through two or three issues, you know, and, and that's all you're going to get if everybody has anything to say. And, I don't know who all of these independents or you know whatever are but I'm sure sir I'm loopy <laughs> you know well he like said
1: they're gonna
0: ramble on and it's you're gonna be able to tell right away, you do know, your homework but uh yeah you know in, when when I ran as a candidate there there were certain parameters that were established ahead of time you know like when mm-hmm. you're in KET, that's public finance I've, I along with Ken Moman and others we we you know, most people agree. it's like, look, if it's public, publicly financed, uh, you right. should have, you know, you should give all candidates that, that meet the criteria to be on the ballot uh, a fair chance. Right. So yeah, that's that's different. But and they were good about that. KUT used to mm-hmm. be, they've started playing weird rules now. But um, but these are these are private debates. You know, they're being aired on a, on a private station. This is a, and they have the right as they have in pretty much any race anywhere to set parameters in advance. If you're not polling a certain amount, you're not in. You know, and that that happened with me when I ran. I wasn't polling a certain amount for a couple of debates. I didn't get in. You know what? And those were well established numbers and you just you accept it. But and that's the other well, thing. I don't even know I don't even know if the other guys are polling yeah, I haven't seen any polls, but it kind of makes me right. wonder, Yeah, I, I know one of them. I know, you know, I know two of the guys, I know two of the guys that are running, but the others, right. I don't. I'm, so, I'm sorry, if you're not, if, 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 not only if you're not polling, but you have absolutely no name. Well, the thing to, is, you don't get in.
1: Oh, absolutely right. Hey, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, you, you look at, when you look at Canada, for one thing, there hasn't been any polling. Per se all right they haven't done a poll that included all these guys so you have no idea how everybody is polling all right it's been it's been early they don't do that in, in the town, in this town. they do that on a national level it's not a local racist so you know we haven't seen the polls to actually justify that. however out of the names involved uh, with these independents uh, you know I can, I can I can definitely make a case for Chris Thieneman being allowed on the main stage. he ran as a Republican for mayor. You know, he has a name recognition. He has a, a backing and a following. He has all of these different things. Uh, you know, he's running a couple of races locally, and he's proven his worth and his value, right? So I can see adding Christina into that debate, perhaps Jackie Green. I'm not a fan of Jackie Green. Um, I don't think Jackie Green can bring anything to the table substantial for anybody but himself. I mean, he's he's focused on, on adding bike lanes. That's about all you can really say about the guy. Um, you know, but but perhaps, because Jackie Green, again, does have some name recognition. So if you wanted to add Thieneman and perhaps add Jackie Green, I, I could probably say that would be okay, because you can prove, you can prove uh, through their history of running for office and being in debates before, you can prove that they probably earned the right. But these other guys, most have never heard of. Most have never heard of. So it's like, you know, we have to start looking at that kind of stuff. Um, I really don't have too much of a problem the way it's set up right now. Um, but, um, at the same time, there might be some sort of an argument on behalf of Theenam and Jackie Green. Uh, yeah. but the rest, no, you can't just put everybody on stage in a one hour debate and say, here we go. You know, uh, Jackie Green, of course, is out there calling this media censorship. It is not media censorship in this particular case, although the media is notorious for doing that shit. Um. This is not this is not a particular case where it is media censorship in my place. It's just logistics. It has to be done a certain way. Now, does this give the power to the two party system? Yes, it does, and that's the harshest part of all of this. You know, so maybe they should include one or two of those guys, but but they should base that on on history and involvement, things like that, not on a, gee I just signed my name on the dotted line, so I should be involved in everything. That just doesn't do well for me. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out. You know, but for those that are interested, there is a uh, debate tomorrow night. It will be shown on TV, League of Women Voters, between Greg Fisher and Angela Leet. And I hope Angela Lee does a better job this time than she did last time. Um, She needs to be more forceful. You know, Angela Lee. believe it or not, I've been very critical of Angela Lee for quite some time. But over the last month or so, uh, I mean, I've also said from the very beginning that Leet would still be a far better job than Greg Fisher as mayor. And I firmly believe that. But if she wants any chance at all, she's going to have to come out and be forceful and quit letting these people handle her and tell her how to play. If you're going to play in the big leagues, you've got to play like a big girl. You can't sit here and and allow yourself to be be bullied and and talked around like Greg Fisher is allowed to do. So I hope she comes out and shows the world tomorrow what she's made of, and the rest of course yeah. are at eight fifteen. So go ahead.
0: And I, and that's one of the things that uh, actually talking to uh, a well-connected attorney this weekend, and he was, uh, you were know, talking about Trump, and neither one of us really liked him, but you know we both agreed that it is it is kind of nice, and he he took the gloves off, and he and I, and I guess you could say he he lifted the veil on the ugliness of politics. So, yes, Angela, look at it, it it actually, I don't want to tell somebody, emulate Trump, but people like a brawler, you know, even if, yeah, look at Trump, people like, they like to see, they like a fighter, so, you know, if she's, if she does go after, I think she could go after him, I mean, full on go after him, because he's, uh, I don't think anybody's really gone after him in his tenure as mayor, and he's He's had a, had a couple challengers that were lackluster. Uh, some didn't even want debates. <laughs> so I, right, I think right. I think absolutely. I think she needs to go after him very aggressively. Just yeah, uh, you know, and he may weather it just fine, and he may not. But but certainly, certainly take the take the gloves off and and, and understand that. That American people don't want, in the Louisvilleians well, they don't want, they don't want crassness and they don't want rudeness. But but I think people do do appreciate and respect a uh, you know a, a good honest fight.
1: Well, I want somebody that's going to stand up for what they believe in. Now I know Angela stands up for what she believes in, but she doesn't do it in a forceful way, you know. And if you're going if you're gonna be the leader, you're gonna be the top dog. You've got to be able to make sure that you're clear and you're forceful in your delivery, and that's what was lacking in the last debate. So I'm hoping that that is a lot better tomorrow night for her, anyway. Because um, I mean, honestly, truthfully, I would like to see anybody but Greg Fisher. Well, I say that with a with, with an asterisk next to it, I would like to see Angela lead or even Chris Teetman instead of Greg Fisher. But in my most humble opinion, Chris Teetman has zero shot running as an independent. Chris Teetman is a friend of mine. I love the guy. I really do. Um, but I don't think he has a shot at this running as an independent. So I think you really have to put your attention on Angela Lee, and I hope that she comes across as forceful and aggressive, and she becomes the bullier instead of being the bull lead. As harsh as that sounds, that's the reality of, of of campaign season. It's something that has to be done. So we'll see what happens with it. Um, but uh, I will probably watch those tomorrow night myself. I don't typically watch debates. But I'm curious to see how Angela does against Greg. And I'm real curious to see what's going to happen with the five independents in their own debate and see how that works out. I just hope that they don't spend their yeah. time whining and moaning well, and groaning because of in Greg and... Fisher ain't on stage.
0: Yeah, that, but, you know, I may, I may watch them both because that could be the most entertaining debate there is. You, know, you, you never know, but we'll find out. <laughs> well, I got—I
1: got to admit, as an—I got to admit, as as an independent who ran for mayor and was included in the base, I got to admit, I had a lot of fun. Um, you yeah. know, I kicked all their asses. I mean, I kicked Jerry and Kelly's ass, so I enjoyed it. I made them look as foolish as they really were. Of course, I didn't have a shop because I wasn't a party fool, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, so it is entertaining. It was entertaining for me when I did it. I hope they get the same thrill tomorrow night. Um, moving on, man, we, we've got so much stuff going on. Um, I'm not even going to get into the Saudi situation right now because I just don't even know where to begin with that. But this is how pathetic it is across the country. We have a high school or high school principal in North Carolina uh, forced a student to remove a jersey he was wearing to school because it had the name Trump on the back. Um, now this you know this high school student had the right to wear that, and this North Carolina principal I, I guess they were one of the libtards snowflakes um, you know, but he actually forced this kid to take this jersey off because it said Trump on it. Uh, because he said it was too political. Uh, at the end of the day, the principal has been removed uh, from the school. He hasn't been fired. He has been replaced in that school as principal. But this is this is how pathetic we've gotten in this country. I mean, how do you justify this shit? If you wear a Clinton or an Obama shirt, you're a god. Wear it proudly. But if you wear something other than the Liptard standard, uh, then you've got to be punished and chastised for it. Now, thank goodness, this particular principle was replaced, but that's the first time that's happened too. We've seen more and more of this over the last two years. Nothing's ever done to those so-called people in leadership positions who are creating this crap. In this particular case there was. But what is going on? Have the liberals just are they ever going to come back to any kind of sanity at all? I mean, seriously, Clinton's out there saying we can't be civil with Republicans. Eric Holder's out there saying kick them, kick them when they're laying low, kick them when they're down. These are people that were under Obama. These are people that are Democratic establishment. They're the ones creating this discord, this strife, and this division. And somehow everybody's trying to blame Trump for it. Go ahead.
0: Well, I I think both parties are are good for it, you know, to be real honest. There's no shortage of Republicans. Who, who would take offense at, at something blatantly democratic or Republican? But yeah, I think I think this is just uh, you know, and and again, the way some people are reacting, I could have been the principal on one level, understanding what do they call it, Trump Trump disaffective disorder, whatever they call it. You know that some people react so negatively to. You know, MAGA or anything, you know, or Trump 2020 right. or anything, all, any and all things Trump that I'm going to sl- ever so slightly take the the, the, uh, the principle side that, that because society has gotten to where we have gotten and people are so easily offended and are so easily triggered and violence is not out of the question, right or left. It, it, as a suitable reaction as opposed to, you know, rational debate, that, yeah, I can see the principal saying hey, that, that jersey's got to come off, man, because, you know, there are people, there are students in here who are, you know, whatever you want to call them, snowflakes, uh, Trump disaffected disorder, whatever. It, it's really, it's just, I think it, the bigger picture is it's gotten that, it's that's where we've gotten in society is that people can't look at a man's last name on the back of a shirt. The you know the elected president, without getting you know, and whether it was a principal's reaction or whether he was just being he or she was just being defensive as far as you know realizing that that word can trigger people. They that we've right. gotten to that point where a simple word, a name. It's not like a word like the N word or or anything. It's not a derogatory name. It's just a person's name. Causes people to get upset. Like I said, whether it was a principal getting upset and, and, and stepping, whether there's a principal saying, "Hey, look, that that could trigger somebody. Why don't you take it off?" You know, I'm sorry, but that's just the reality today. Don't know the situation, but yeah, I look at the bigger picture and think, what a what a damn shame that that you know said that that somebody can't wear and you know, in in and the right crowd, right. I couldn't wear an Obama shirt or a Hillary shirt or. Or a Bernie shirt. I mean my daughters. My daughters are Bernie Bernie bots, you know, they, they like the burn. People have when they have their Bernie Sanders, people tore their sign apart in their front yard. People have tried to pick the Bernie Sanders sticker off my daughter's car window. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with people? Really? You get, you're picking it oh, on I your damn what's on my car. You go pick it on my window, my sticker, I'm going to beat your ass. You get your goddamn hands <laughs> off my car. That's just, a, it's and it's it's just, you just need to calm the hell down. You know, it's, I say, this is this exists on the right and the left because I'm relatively sure that, you know, a Democrat probably didn't take it upon themselves to try to rip a Bernie sticker off my my daughter's car
1: window. <laughs> it's just, well, you know, and it's funny, too, because, you know, this this particular high school, I mean, this kid didn't even wear it to school. He actually wore it to a football game, an after-school event. Uh, he wore it to a, to a high school football game, and he was forced to leave because of the jersey. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that disturbs me. Yeah. Then we've got to look at the again, other end of the again, spectrum. I
0: could see, again, I could see that as a, as a precautionary measure because the principal would recognize, as you and I would recognize, I mean, if we were walking behind some guy on the sidewalk and he had a Trump 2020 shirt on or something, you know, we'd keep our eyes peeled. It's like, that dude, that dude somebody's going to give that, somebody's going to give him a hard way to go any minute now. You know, so you would...
1: Oh, I'd, I'd definitely what, be watching this back. Is, I agree with you. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying is it, it, it's not, it's the, it, and the principal could be the guilty party. But we've gotten to a point where you can't do that anymore. I mean, you know... I, <laughs> well, but here's something you know, else you can't in, do. Back in the seventies, you probably went the song, you know, grenade did Back in the seventies, you, you, know, you, you didn't wear a Trinity jacket to the C-N-E-X side of the
1: Trinity St. <laughs> football game.
0: Didn't do well, that. But that. well, was for us, point. we
1: had Southern Fair. <laughs> just
0: this, Yeah, this yeah you did, you didn't you didn't wear your Southern football mm-hmm. your Southern leather jacket. To the Fairdale no. side, unless you, no. to to the <laughs> unless you wanted to
1: go to the hospital. Unless you wanted to go to hospital or go to war, you never you never walk that way by yourself yeah. anyway. But no, you're right, yeah. and, and you yeah. know, and I get that. Yeah. That's all part. Of, that's all part of the competition, though. But this has absolutely zero to do with the school. This has to do with the political situation. You know, it, it, he wore a Trump jersey that had oh, nothing to do with not, who playing. That's, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. It's not
0: anything to do with the school. It just has to do with, in the bigger picture, the way people are triggered. Right. You can't well, wear, that's just... you know, it, it's it's not his, it's not the kid's fault for wearing the shirt. It's, it's people's fault for actually letting a meme, you know, granted, Hitler, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah, okay, I get that. But this is right. Trump, you know, he's a president, he's a, in America, he's a fellow citizen. He hasn't killed you or he hasn't raped your family, he hasn't. He hasn't disenfranchised anybody. Hasn't you know, hurt anybody. He's not a. He's
1: not like this evil right. human.
0: But but here we are.
1: Thing you know, is, I this this, this like the I principal's name was Cindy Gordon, and she fight. said and she said it was too political. Yeah, he said it was yeah. said it was too political. but uh, I, I was just I was just very disturbed by that. Cindy Gordon. Um. You know, oh God, what a concept. Um. Uh, you know. But but then on the other end of that spectrum, though, Ed. We have all these Democrats with Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Let's look at what's going on in Portland now. We actually had a a real reporter in Portland uh, last week Uh, who actually put out real stories about how bad it is there. Antifa decided they were going to run some sort of a protest rally and shut down a street with no permits or anything else. They just decided to show up and shut down a street. They attacked a 70-year-old driver, uh, beat his car up and everything else. The police were sitting there. Watching it at the next block intersection, watching the whole thing unfold, sees them attacking people, sees them attack this man, sees them attack his car, and do absolutely nothing about it. They just sit there and let it go on. And the reason was we didn't want it to escalate further. Now, <laughs> that's against the law. Their job is to uphold the law. I mean, are, are, are they just chicken shits? You know, is, is that the reality that the Portland police are chicken shits, Are are, are the, are, is the mayor telling these guys to back off like they did in Baltimore when they let Baltimore burn down, based on lies, of course? Um, you know, these things are disturbing. Now I understand the police are under attack all the time. I support the police a hundred percent. Let's let's not anybody sit on this, on, on this podcast and think that I don't. I do. But damn it, if I'm going to support the police, I have to know that the police are supporting me. And in Portland, they don't. Antifa can do whatever they want. This particular reporter said this is an everyday occurrence for the most part, that they do exactly what they want to do and nobody will stop them, but for, for whatever reason, whether it's fear or anything else. Um, I don't get this. I don't get this. Uh, I'm with you.
0: I mean, we pay, you know, uh, not in Portland, but we pay our taxes, and there's an expectation, you know, the police are swimming to uphold the law. So I'm looking at right. like okay, Amy, I pay my taxes. Yeah, I expect you know a reasonable expect a reasonable expectation of protection. And you're sworn to uphold the law. And somebody's breaking the law, and you're turning a blind eye to it. I, you're violating your own oath. And then third, like you heard the, the mayor. If the mayor said don't escalate, uh, at that point you need a new mayor because he's a he's a piece of shit. And and the message you're sending to people at that point is, if you have sufficient numbers, to where you could escalate. You know, oh, you could escalate. The police are not going to do anything. It's just like you're just there to you just dare to observe. To hell with you. You know, I think the say, Your old man should sue the police department. You know, it's like if I get commercial, or used to be on TV. I'm sorry, I'm just here to observe. <laughs> I'm I got news for you. I'm just observing.
1: What the fuck, what what the hell are the police going to do if you're the one being attacked and you go ahead and pull out your illegal concealed weapon yeah. and you start shooting yeah. these little shits? You're going to be arrested. Even though it's self-defense, yeah. I guarantee you they will arrest you because you used a gun. Any these some bitch to come up and beat you to death with metal pipes. We've got plenty of video yeah, that shows that going on everywhere.
0: Uh, you know, you I, I mean, I'll be honest Portland, Portland. you. Do it. you do it in Louisville, you probably might get arrested won't get convicted, wanted. but... but Again, I, oh, I, I look will. at it. It's like you, you. I think they should. You know, granted, if that's what you, if that's how Portland wants to be, then my, my thoughts on that I are. That they, you elected these. You elected these idiots. That's your town. You try to bring that. When I walk out into of these crowds,
1: idiot. when I walk into crowds, I'm carrying every time. I don't even fool with it anymore. I'm not going to play no games like that. They're going to get in my face and come at me with a metal stick in their hand. They're going to get shot. And I'm probably going to shoot them in the face so they can't even have an open casket. And I don't care what they say about it because I've got the right to defend myself. Let's go to the phone real quick. It's awful late in the show. Mayo, you're on. I'm just, uh, great show, as always. Uh, they're going about, about the sports thing, don't keep up with that much, but it's still good coverage.
0: Um, <laughs> I have to say, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, if, if I had my weapon in the vehicle and that crap's going on, especially if I had a child or my wife in the car, uh, yeah, there would have been some gunshots. And then the other thing, which I think is hilarious, which I've seen hyped is, uh, have you seen the painting that Trump put in the White House with him and past Republican presidents? Oh, yeah, I love it. And I'm <laughs> like going, yeah, I, I like really the do. painting. It's classy. I, I thought it
1: was decent enough looking. But, you know, then all these people are going off, you know, oh, it's tacky, it's this and that, it's this and that. Oh, it's all know. the liberals going nuts. It's all the liberals going nuts. For those of you who haven't seen it, you got Donald Trump uh the bushes um, Reagan uh I mean, Abraham Lincoln I think is in it cool. as well you know you got all these republican uh, presidents Howard. yeah you got all these republican presidents yeah, like sitting around, sitting around in a casual setting at a table and shit, standing there and stuff. I mean, you know, it, to me, it just kind of makes you, it, it kind of makes you human. You know what I mean? I like the painting. I think I think it's in great taste. It kind of humanizes everything. Uh, but you know, the Libertards are going crazy. Oh my god! Oh my god! Because they don't have Obama and Clinton standing over four dead bodies in Benghazi. Maybe that's what we ought to do. Put a painting up in there with Obama and Clinton standing over dead bodies at the Libyan consulate in Benghazi, and, and you know, we, no, we can honor, them. A, Let's honor them for what they are. That's
0: okay. That's okay. <laughs> how, about we, how about we just not worry about paintings and they just balance the damn budget, you know? <laughs>
1: uh, well, now, you know, <laughs> you know i, I got to say, it. that's got me concerned. That's that's really you got know, me concerned, you know. We're looking at the budget. The budget, uh, we've got, what, a $700 billion deficit now. Uh wow. highest yeah. one we've had since 2012, this year. Uh, you know, now I do think that part of that is deceptive. I think it actually will get better. I know the experts are saying it's going to get worse. I don't believe so. Uh, We've put more yeah, and more just people like to jobs work. jobs are supposed to get worse, and they've gotten well, 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 I mean, but, but well, the left suspect what's helping those jobs come my,
0: my liber, back. My libertarian panic is this, this is where I come in. It's just like, I don't think we're ever going to get better until it collapses or something because we are about to we're, we're rapidly approaching a, a place where the interest on the debt is the biggest part of the budget. And that is a bad, that is a bad place to be at that point at that point your number one expense is your interest. And if you've gotten to that point personally or at a business, you're
1: done. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. And, and I think ultimately we're going to have some problems with a day of reckoning coming on it sooner rather than later, regardless of who has control, Democrats or Republicans.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I am a little concerned that, that we have such a high deficit right now. But I also do understand, or at least I think, that that's going to come down next year or the year after. I really believe that. And the only reason for that is, you know, we're not going to get rid of deficit spending. I'm sure of that. But I don't think it's going to run the way it is right now. You know, we, as Mayo pointed out, we do have more jobs coming in. Those job pay taxes, that'll offset some of it. If 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 business does what, what we expect them to do uh, with, with some of these tax breaks and stuff, and that's increase their daggone business, hire more people, is going to create more payroll taxes and everything else, a lot of that will be offset. <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, this year I expected it to be a little bit higher. Uh, you know, but I do expect it to drop next year. Um, that really doesn't concern me yet. You know, I, I, I'm a little, I guess, a little concerned. I guess I should be honest about that. But I'm not losing any sleepover yet. I think next year will be the deciding factor. Going into year three of the Trump presidency, going into the third full fiscal year of accounting, I think most times in a, in a presidency, it's usually by the third or fourth year that you start seeing what their policies are really going to do from a financial perspective. We brag about all the jobs and everything else right now, but from a financial perspective and deficit spending, I think that the third year is usually the telltale sign. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Mayo, I got to thank you for the call. Yeah. All right. Well, I was was going to say maybe in your closing
0: arguments, just what they keep uh, spouting in the, you know, the the libtard media about, Oh, Trump just said we won in the 60 minute interview, but they don't cover everything. So, I I'll
1: actually planned plan on covering plan. the You moved me. I actually yeah, on you know, I, I
0: laugh. I, laugh, <laughs> I laugh when I hear that because I distinctly remember Barack Obama saying the same thing. It's like, you know, all well, the Republicans didn't want to pass this through, but uh, <laughs> we won. You know.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, and the thing was, yeah, of course, he, they took he, all that out of context.
0: He, he said it. He said it too. You know, so it's like.
1: Of course, but they took was, it out of context.
0: Yeah. You know. like is it is it is it out of context? Is it is it possibly important case? Maybe, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like a good people if we just you know, one get over it, two um you know, maybe if you know it's gonna trigger people, maybe you can find a way to get your point across without you know, you know, smart ass every once in a while, whether it's Iraq or Trump or whoever, but well, I, I guess that's too much
1: to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Real quick on that, though. I mean, you know, I think Trump did a hell of a job in that interview with Leslie Stahl. You know, it's like Hillary Clinton. You know, Leslie Stahl is Hillary Clinton's favorite. There's no ifs ands or buts about that. She plays games with all of them. You know, Leslie Stahl asked her, "Well, is Bill? Is, should Bill be included as part of the Me Too movement?" Why, no, I don't think he should be included as part of the Me Too movement. Okay, Hillary, thanks for clearing it up. By the way, your hair looks great today, right? That's the interview that Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama get, you know. Trump is absolutely right. She sits there, well, you know, is the world falling apart, and is it all your fault? Because that's what we believe. You know, it's it's just so funny watching these idiots trying to act like a real journalist. But I thought he did very, very well in the Leslie Stahl interview. I actually enjoyed watching that one. Uh, he did play some Trump bravado, which is totally normal for him and acceptable to me. Uh, I think I think what really happens here is the media don't know how to handle it because Trump pushes back. Leslie Stahl, it's like even the climate change crap. She's trying to talk about climate change and everything else. You know, she tried to trap him. Then she tried to trap him into uh, all kinds of different things. And he says, "Look, I'm not going to be, I'm not going down that road with you." You know, and uh, then she decided she wanted to argue with him and lost that. You know, this is somebody who had no command of the facts of anything she was talking about. It was designed to be a hit piece, and she came out looking like the fool that she is. And that's what's pissing off the media. And That's honest. God, it's the reason Trump's having such appeal. I've never seen the Republicans have balls. And the Kavanaugh case, they had balls. They just pushed through another 15 federal judge appointments. They're showing balls. They're not playing games right now um and i like that it's putting the democrats that's why the democrats don't have anything but uh, the snowflake crap and the division that they're sowing and everything else because they can't win on policy and the republicans are finally standing up saying hey you know what you're not going to bully us we're going to show you how it's done and that's what i hope Lee does with greg fisher go ahead and final thoughts well uh,
0: final thoughts you know just, it gets back to the, the jersey and stuff And it, to me it's it, People, everybody needs to calm down. And, and that's from politicians to the journalists to the, you know, the Kerr journal keep trying to trip Bevin up, whatever. Everybody needs to calm down. It's like we it, – it, it actually, sometimes it reminds me of the warehouse floor sometimes. You've got – every once in a while you get these people that just – they just want drama. Why? I have no idea. It's, you know, it it has nothing, you know, and when drama starts, everybody loses focus on on fixing what needs to be fixed, doing what needs to be done. And that's why I say, you know, it's just like this this Trump jersey at a football game or anything. It's like, could everybody just calm down and not be so hypersensitive, uh, not be inclined to try to needle the other side, you know? Can we just, can we focus on things that, that matter, you know, because a lot of this stuff is just it, it gets to the point of being juvenile. Whether it's the media trying to play gotcha, or or some politician, you know, shaking his testicles at somebody like, ha ha, you know, bravado. It's just like I said, no shortage of problems, no shortage of problems, no shortage of people that need help, uh, and we we need to focus on that. We need to, you know. And that's that's just one of those things that drives me nuts. I, there are people talking, you know, this, that, and the other. It's like, you know, what we still haven't solved the, the cost of health care uh, Democrats didn't solve it, and Republicans didn't solve it by undoing what the Democrats didn't do to solve it. Could somebody please get to work on that? <laughs> just ah, uh, it's maddening. It really is.
1: Well. I, I, I'm assuming that was the end of your final thoughts. Yeah, for me, for me personally, I would love to get to that kumbaya moment. I really, really would. You know, but at the same time, you have to really look at where this starts and stops. Okay, you never saw Republicans acting like this when they lost, ever. All right, I mean something as simple as the Christine Blasey Ford bullshit, and it was bullshit to me. Yeah. She lied. In my opinion, she lied. Pure and simple. There is no ifs, ands, or buts to it. All right, for me, okay, it wasn't because of I want to stand for Trump and Brett Kavanaugh. It's because the evidence clearly showed that she didn't have a clue what she was talking about. I think she was used. By the way, where is Christine Blasey Ford now? As soon as Kavanaugh got passed, she disappeared with $900,000 from her GoFundMe account. So she got paid quite well for that. When I look at stuff like Leslie Stahl, for example, in, in, in the interview yesterday, right, she wanted to talk about how Russia meddled in the election. Trump told her, yeah, Russia meddled, but I think China meddled, too. And there were other countries that have as well. Immediately, Leslie Stahl accuses him of trying to divert the whole Russia thing. That isn't what he did. He, of course, says, I'm not doing that. She says, yes, you are. What? He admitted that Russia meddled, but he also told us what we already know. China meddled in the elections. There were other countries involved. We have the proof of that. And truthfully, a lot of experts, and if I'm not mistaken, Mr. McAfee himself, uh, has stated that the metadata shows that China was the one who was actually interfering on our stuff and they were rerouting everything through Russian servers to make it look like it was Russia. So he didn't say anything out of turn. He didn't try yeah. to divert anything. He just tried to say, hey, we've got other nations that are doing this too. We need to start taking a look at all of it. But see, yeah, that's the said, thing. And I remember, I
0: remember McAfee. McAfee, first thing he said was, the first thing is a good hacker knows how to make it look like somebody else is doing the hacking.
1: Absolutely. A few years back, I was hacked, and I was hacked by Louisville Metro government, all right? But they made it look like it was a German hacker. So I took it to a friend of mine. He no longer lives in Louisville. We lost touch a few years ago. Um, but, I, but I took it to him. He had certain ways of finding everything. We found out that everything got routed through the Humana service, which Louisville uses, the excess capacity of Humana. They actually paid them to use the excess capacity in their service, Metro government use. And they routed it through five different countries and then sent it right back here to get into my computer. All right. Now, I was able to find that out. I'm one of the rare people at that time who had access to some people with some pretty good knowledge. I don't have that access with that particular gentleman anymore. But truthfully, I've got better access now with other people. But at the end of the day, though, the thing is, you know, you're always going to try to cover your ass. So, you know, whoever hacked our, whoever hacked into our stuff, whether it was Russia, China, or anybody else, of course they're going to try to blame it on somebody else. It's easy to do, as Mr. McAfee told us. So Trump didn't try to step away from anything. He admitted Russian metal, but he also said there were other people that did as well. That should be a red flag to all of us. But instead, it has to be a hit piece against Trump. When I look at Hillary, she's out there talking about the Me Too movement. She was actually asked if Bill Clinton should be included Uh, As part of the Me Too movement, should they they include Bill Clinton as a sexual predator? Well, no, Bill should never be included in that. This is a different situation because Monica Lewinsky was an adult. You know what? I'll meet Hillary Clinton halfway on that. Monica Lewinsky was a 23-year-old adult. She was wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and fell for all the crap that the the, the biggest leader in the whole world put on her. Bill Clinton used her, manipulated her, got what he wanted. But she was an adult. She's capable of free choice. She chose to go down that road. Fair enough. But what about Juanita Broadway, Paula Jones, and a whole yeah. host of others that he did rape, that he did sexually assault? But she wants to try to pretend that this is Monica Lewinsky. And by the way, Bill Clinton was impeached over Monica Lewinsky, for those who continue arguing with me that he was never impeached. Yeah. He was impeached through the House. The Senate acts as the court, and the Senate refused to remove him. He was impeached. It's on his record. He was not removed because the Senate was Democrat-controlled and they would not remove him. That's the bottom line. So all these different things that are going on, you have to start asking yourself, what is the deal here? It's the double standards and the hypocrisy. Hillary Clinton is telling everybody else, don't be civil with Republicans. You can only be civil once we get power back. Eric Holder is out there telling people to attack Republicans. All right, we've got all of this inside information, proven information, That the Obama administration and all of his minions were using that office in a political way, lying, cheating, and stealing. We've got dead bodies because of it. And these people are still out there pushing violence. They're pushing Antifa. They're pushing Black Lives Matter. This isn't the Republican right doing this. This is the Democrat left doing this. Because division is what keeps them in power. And quite frankly, folks, I'm really getting sick and tired of everybody sitting here screaming the poor, the, the rich Republican white guys are the problem. You need to look at your own damn party. The richest members in Congress include your Democrats. Essentially what you're looking at is a rich Democrat blaming a rich Republican because you're poor so that they can continue staying in office and continue breaking in their money. Look at Dianne Feinstein hundreds of millions of dollars that she's gotten rich through her husband because of great contracts that she's getting through the federal government. Same thing with Nancy Pelosi and all the other rich Democrats. John Yarmuth has more than quadrupled his money in a short time he's been in Congress because he was all over the health care bill, and he took advantage of it, and his almost family has gotten rich. His almost family health care business has gotten rich on your tax dollars. This is all insider crap, folks. So don't let these rich Democrats, these rich white Democrats, convince you that the rich white Republicans are the problem. They're not. They're not. The problem is, we want to sit here and continue to be divided over stupid stuff. I'm white, you're black, so we can't get along. You're rich, I'm poor, we can't get along. Because that's all the damn Democrats and the liberal left can sell to control you. Now, I don't think that Republicans are the greatest thing in the world. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. I have belittled and berated Mitch McConnell more than any man you know. That's supposed to be in the Republican Party. But at the end of the day, I don't care if the asshole's on the left or the asshole's on the Right? At the end of the day, we have to have accountability. The Democrats' model today seems to be one thing and one thing only. You have to elect us so that we can destroy America, or if you don't elect us, we're going to destroy America. There doesn't seem to be any middle there. I mean, that's it. Either vote Democrat to destroy America, or they're going to destroy America anyway. That's why we have to go red. That's why you have to have a red wave in November. I'm not convinced it's there, but that's why you have to have it. We need to take these Democrats out of power for a few years. Make them rethink the Democratic Party. Make them get a platform. Make them stand for something, not division. Make them put together a plan that makes sense. Make them be an opposing party. Force them to negotiate openly and willingly and naturally. Not creating this division. They're the ones creating it. So let's hold them accountable to that. Because once they're holding them accountable to that, maybe the Democratic Party can come back and be a real party of the people. Instead of being an opposing party who is hell-bent on destruction and mayhem and acting like a bunch of whiny-ass titty babies because they don't get their way. The Democratic Party left me years ago. I didn't leave the party. They left me. That's why I'm no longer a Democrat. And it's gotten worse in the 20 years since. We should all be alarmed. Now, on a side note real quick. I don't know if you guys saw the thing about Elizabeth Warren today. What a joke she is. Pocahontas herself, screaming and whining about how she's Native American. (laughs) Just got a DNA test back that says she's got less Native American blood in her than 96% of every daggone person in America. She's got like one one 1,024th of her blood is Native American, going back 10 generations. I've got more than that in my system, and I don't call myself a Native American. I'm not entitled to that. We've all got some Native American blood in us, and they just found out she's got less than most of us. But she's still out there acting like this vindicated her and proves that she's a Native American. Oh, I tell you, things just get funnier and funnier. Bottom line is get involved. We're a few weeks away from the election. It's time to get involved. Start paying attention to your candidates here in Louisville tomorrow night. You'll get to see two different debates, one with Angela Lee and Greg Fisher, the other one with the independents. So you'll be able to hear every voice, which is unusual here. You'll be able to hear every voice and their platforms. Make an informed decision. Get involved. It's time to make a difference. You can no longer sit idly by. That's it for tonight, folks. I appreciate you being here as always. We'll see you next Monday at 7 o'clock as usual. In the meantime, take care. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. God bless.